in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking that we could pull, I don't know, Hall of Famer. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. There is nothing more fun than opening an Arena Club slab pack. I mean, it is so much better than any mystery pack that I've ever purchased because there is a focus on transparency. There is a display of available cards. There are hit rates you can get. When you're graded, you're given a rationale. It is the marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, and displaying. Arena Club Slab Packs are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. Whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash badmoney. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack, that's $40 right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash badmoney for 10% off your first purchase. I love to track progress. As you guys know from listening to this show, I'm constantly tracking my progress. What have we done so far in 2024? And spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans like for a car or a home. You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. That's right, you can build your credit using your own money. Get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Fee-free overdraft with SpotMe. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualified direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. Access 60,000 plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Send and receive money. Use Chime to pay anyone, Chime members or not, and cash out your money fee-free. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started at Chime.com slash bad money. That's Chime.com slash bad money. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. You got problems that you ought to be concerned with. Hoorah! You don't know how you're supposed to earn it or what to do with it or how to keep it. You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret. But you're not the only one. Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun. Now your healing has begun. It's Bad With Money with Gabby. Done. Hello and welcome to Bad With Money. This is our mailbag episode where we read reviews and listen to voice memos from you guys and also talk about some stories from the week. 
We're going to be talking about class action lawsuits with an email from Christine, which also dovetails into a really serious and horrible topic that we're going to talk about, which is the lawsuits that are going to be filed and that have already been filed against Travis Scott for the mass casualty event at Astroworld, which we will be touching on in this episode. And then also I want to talk about Black Friday strikes and I want to give a little shout out to a data breach situation that is going on with Robinhood that I just heard about today. It is Wednesday, November 10th as we're recording and the Robinhood data breach information came out last night. So first, let's read some emails from you guys. This email is from Amanda B. And it says, Hi Gabby, writing to say I love the show and try to always listen on Wednesdays or Thursdays shortly after it's released. Thank you so much to people who do that. It helps me get on the charts. I appreciate you saying that, Amanda. The points episode made me want to brag about a recent points win I had and also give listeners another tip. I'm a Canadian and my favorite points program is PC Optimum. It's a reward system linked mainly to a large pharmacy chain and grocery stores and a few other things. Points can then be redeemed at all those locations. I've been collecting for years, not obsessively, but just as an average user. The past few years, I've been purchasing the contact lenses that I wear at an optometrist center inside a grocery store that uses this program, and I've bought them during bonus points events. My trick for earning points and cash back is to use credit cards for things for which you'll be reimbursed, like my contacts. I paid $390 upfront, plus earned the cash equivalent of $120 worth of points. Then I submitted to my insurance who reimbursed me $250. I also happened to have spent enough at that grocery store that day to earn a free gift, which was $25 worth of batteries. I came out ahead by $5 and have my vision needs taken care of for two years. Plus, I bet I earned a few dollars in Visa cash back too. As someone who didn't have workplace insurance throughout my 20s and spent so much on things like this, this made me really happy. Our Canadian healthcare doesn't cover everything. Get those bonus points or cash back on money you're technically not even spending. Plus, of course, everyday normal spending. It all adds up. The points episode was a fun one, and I totally get the thrill of feeling like you're scamming the system when you do things like this. The advice to be smart about it was great. Don't spend above your means, pay off monthly bills, but everyone should definitely take all the advantage of these systems that they can. Amanda from Ontario, Canada. I don't know too much about the Canadian point system. So if you are Canadian, please write in with similar wins. I am curious how this differs from the American point system. Thank you, Amanda. We also got an email from Christine all about a class action lawsuit. Hi, Gabby. longtime listener, first time writer. I received a payout from the Yaz class action lawsuit. Yaz was a low hormone dose oral contraceptive pill that was very popular 10 to 15 years ago. The prevailing wisdom was that a lower amount of hormones in the pill would make them safer, when in reality, the opposite was true. I took the pill for like three months and ended up with a blood clot in my leg at the tender age of 25. The blood clot led to being hospitalized for a few days and several weeks of follow-up visits and medication to rectify the situation. I joined the class action suit probably more than a year after all this. I signed up online, completed some paperwork, releasing my medical records to the lawyers, and received periodic check-ins by mail about the case's progress. The whole process between joining and receiving payment took a few years. In the end, I received about 40k in two installments. Holy crap! Up until just now when I sat down to write this email, I oh, I sorry, I said holy crap. That's not part of this email. Up until just now when I sat down to write this email, I always viewed the way I spent this money as having wasted it. I received the first installment just as I was being let go from the first well-paying job I ever had. 
So instead of using it as a down payment on a house or investing or something more conventionally practical, instead, I just primarily lived off of it for about a year, in addition to unemployment, until I found a new position that made sense to me, instead of just taking whatever job would have me. The luxury of being able to find the right position rather than just having to take whatever was offered to stay afloat proved to be instrumental in changing my professional life from having a series of jobs to having a successful career. Ten years later, and having landed my dream job about five years ago where I'm still employed, I can honestly say using the payment to buy myself time was honestly the best investment I've ever made in myself. What's more, having felt guilty for a long time that I had wasted that money caused me to think much differently about finances and my money scripts. For example, when I received an inheritance I wasn't expecting, I put it in a CD instead of my savings account. Easy to access in an emergency, but not too easy to access to treat myself. It also gave me a little taste of the freedom that having a savings account can afford you. So when I did start working again, I was more diligent about saving. I also became motivated to negotiate for higher salaries and generally ask for more than what I'm worth when taking a new position or during an annual review with a current employer. People often talk about life-changing sums of money, and for me, the payout I received for my class action lawsuit was that. It changed so many things for me beyond just keeping the lights on while I figured out what came next. Best, Christine. Wow, that's a really incredible story. I'm so glad you're able to look at that as not having wasted that money and with the hindsight that it actually did change your life. More on class action lawsuits. This is an email from Nina. Hi, Gabby. I really enjoy Bad With Money and JBU. Besides being highly entertaining, the content you're putting out is an important resource for financial literacy, so thanks. I wanted to respond to your comment on the most recent mailbag episode about class action lawsuits. I'm a plaintiff's lawyer, mostly in the area of retirement investing and employee benefits. I litigate against big financial institutions and insurance companies, and I see class action litigation as having a super important role in our economic and political system. In America, we have almost, but not totally, unrestrained capitalism. There are lots of laws meant to protect employees and consumers and investors against corporate misbehavior, but the executive branch of government, i.e. attorneys general and administrative agencies, don't have the resources to go after even a small fraction of that misbehavior. So lawsuits, even just the threat of lawsuits, are a critical tool for corporate accountability. Without these silly class actions you talked about, the laws would go largely unenforced and corporations would be even more able to get away with things like wage theft, unsafe working conditions, deceptive business practices, etc. That's why throwing shade at so-called greedy plaintiff's lawyers is a favorite pastime of the right, because they're siding with companies that hate class actions that make them pay for violating the law. I'm not going to say there aren't unscrupulous plaintiff's lawyers or crappy settlements out there. There definitely are. But I believe the reason that class actions get a bad rap overall is that right-wing politicians and corporate lobbyists have taken over the narrative. I have lots more to say on this topic, but I'll stop myself. Happy to talk about it further if you ever want to. Best, Nina. This is a comment on the Discord server, which will be linked below. It was left by Bubblegum Queef. I was part of a class action lawsuit. When I was a renter in Boston, I was contacted by a legal firm because one of the property management companies that managed the unit I lived in, as well as a large portion of the rental units in the city, had been withholding the interest accrued by security deposit funds rather than giving this back to tenants when their lease ended, which is illegal. I didn't realize that this had been going on because I wasn't aware that interest had been accruing on my security deposit and that I was entitled to it. The process on my end was really easy. I just filled out a form with my information on it and returned it to the attorney suing the management company. And a few months later, I got a check in the mail for 160 bucks. Okay, so I guess it really is worth doing. So we're actually going to get into another thing about class action lawsuits. It just so happens that we were talking about that a couple mailbags ago. And 
Recently, there was a horrible tragedy that happened at the Astroworld Festival, which is a festival put on by rapper Travis Scott, where at least eight people passed away due to crowd crush because there were too many people rushing the stage and people were trampled to death and asphyxiated. And it was really, really awful. There's a lot of people who have given their firsthand accounts of what happened. It sounds like there will be a lot of PTSD and a lot of uh, really traumatic repercussions for the people that were there. And one thing that I've been seeing is that people are filing a lot of lawsuits against Live Nation, which put it on, Travis Scott himself, and all the other organizers of the festival, including Scoremore, which is the concert organizer. Basically, all of this was like incredibly predictable and preventable. And so there have been a bunch of people who have been using a law firm in Texas called Busby Law Firm. I've been seeing that person. If you're someone who was affected by this tragedy, you can reach out to them. They've been taking on a lot of the cases. But basically, there's going to be a lot of people sued, a lot of repercussions. This is the kind of thing that you want to obviously prevent. Like if you are putting on an event, the biggest concern is to make sure that nobody gets hurt and that you create a safe and fun environment. And it seems like there were a lot of things that were really scrimped on in order to make money and save money, right? So selling too many tickets and then not wanting to stop the show because there was a deal with Apple Music to live stream. And in terms of artists, I know you don't get your full payment unless you finish your set. There's all kinds of things like that. But obviously no amount of money is worth a human life. And those eight people that passed away, it was just completely preventable. So one thing that I wanted to bring up in particular is that Travis Scott and his people have been offering refunds to anyone who attended the concert. If you want to file a lawsuit, please be very careful about accepting the refund. You need to read the terms and conditions. And if you read them, sometimes in the fine print, it will say that you waive the right to sue if you take the refund. So obviously the refund seems good, but if you were injured or traumatized at an event, be very careful about accepting a refund and make sure that the language doesn't say that you're accepting a settlement. Because this is what my mom said, my attorney, my mother, she said that if you are accepting a settlement, then that means you can't go back and sue for negligence. So I just wanted to bring that to light and make sure that people weren't getting screwed over in that regard. Now I want to talk about striking for Black Friday. So a lot of workers are doing a thing called Blackout Black Friday. You can find out more about it on reddit.com slash r slash Black Friday Blackout. The flyer for it says, do not go to stores, do not buy goods, fight back against capitalist billionaire bosses exploiting your labor. So there's a bunch of workers who are apparently going to do a 10-day general strike starting on Black Friday. Their demands are a $35 minimum wage, a four-day, 25-hour work week, $1,000 in USD universal basic income, eight weeks vacation per year, and the abolition of wage labor through automation and voluntary work. Those are big, big, big demands. I am curious about the reality of such a strike. I've seen a lot of people leaving questions like, how do we do this without being fired? Which is always a risk and unfortunately something that you have to assess for yourself. 
I just wanted to give the information out because I think that this could be really huge if more people get involved with it. But I also have heard criticism that states that it's really not realistic. But then again, like, big overall changes are rarely viewed as realistic. So I say check out the Reddit on your own and see what you think and see if you want to participate. When we come back, I'm going to talk a bit about the Robinhood data breach, and I'm also going to read some reviews. So stick around. So this just happened, so I don't have a whole bunch of information about it. But basically, there was a breach in data that happened on the 9th, which I think a lot of us got emails about. And it basically was saying that the online stock trading platform was hacked last week. Five million customer email addresses and two million customer names were taken. They are saying that only 10 customers had more extensive account details revealed. So I guess they're saying that nobody took our social security numbers or bank account numbers or debit card numbers. And there was no immediate financial loss to customers. But Robinhood is a very contested and polarizing app. Some people say it's really great for democratizing investing. Other people say that it doesn't really do anything. And also people were very upset during the GameStop situation. If you go back and listen to our episode with Sarah Glakis about investing, you will hear all about what happened with GameStop. But basically Robinhood tried to stop people from making too much money on that by putting limits out of nowhere, which they hadn't done before. And people who were trying to benefit from the GameStop situation were mad. Robinhood is always kind of mired in controversy. So use it at your own risk. So that was the breaking news. Okay, now we're going to hear a voicemail from one of you. Hello, Gabby. Thank you for talking to folks who are fire skeptical. I'm a queer person, a hedonist, and very communally minded. And fire is definitely not for me. And your podcast helped me crystallize what I actually wanted with my future. I'm an elementary art teacher and I love my job. I'm also an artist. And I'm really okay for working for a long time. It's hard work, but I believe in what I'm doing. And have a sense of mental health and balance, unlike I think a lot of those tech bro (laughs) fire advocates do, who maybe don't work with their hands and with people directly. (laughs) I'm very happy to be working if it means building a home and supporting other people and achieving their dreams. I love the podcast and your perspective and the amount of emotion you put into things. Much love, Abby in Boston. Bye! Thank you so much, Abby. I do feel you as a fellow queer hedonist. And thank you for calling in as a fire skeptic. As you can tell from the fire episode, it does not work for everyone. If you want to go listen to that episode, it was with Michelle Jackson and Tanya Hester. And it's called, Does Fire Even Work? (laughs) So please go listen to that. I am also a skeptic. Okay, this review is from So Nerdy. Obliging. Five stars. You asked, and I obliged. I listened to your new episode today, the day it was released, even though I'm one of those who likes to binge. This podcast is not only helpful, it is illuminating. 
I began listening in 2017 and I look forward to each interview. The first few seasons really helped me get my own finances sorted and the new seasons are truly informative and always presented through intersectional lenses. Thank you so nerdy. I feel so obliged. Okay, five stars from Marcel, you're doing great. Finance with a soul. Gabby Dunn makes finance topics more accessible and interesting and I've enjoyed every episode. Thanks for the NB representation too. Aw, you are welcome. This is from Kara Zelensky. It says, so much useful info. Gabby is so talented at breaking down hard, important topics in an easily understood way. I have learned so much. Thank you. One more thing. I also want to hear from people who have been remotely working for most of the last two years about if their employer is making them come back in. And if so, what reason they're giving for you to have to come back in in person. I saw a post on Reddit called R Anti Work, which I love, where a user named Stippy Whippy said said that their company was telling people that they have to come back into work Tuesdays through Thursdays now because of quote collaboration and company culture. They think that nobody's going to do it because nobody wants to do an hour long unpaid commute to spend 10 hours of distracting half BS work in a fluorescent lit cubicle farm, <laughs> which is how Stippy Whippy put it in their post. So yes, if you are someone who works in corporate America or at a desk job and your employer is trying to make you come in again, quote unquote, post pandemic, please write in and let me know what reason they're giving for you to have to come back in. I'm so curious. A lot of them sound like BS. So if you want to write in about that or anything else, you can write to GabbyIsBadWithMoney at gmail.com or better yet, record your question and send us your voice memo. Again, that's GabbyIsBadWithMoney at gmail.com. Also, 844-474-4040. Please send in any news stories you want me to discuss or leave a review, an Apple five-star review, and I will read it here. Okay, bye. Done.